0: It's first Wednesday, I don't know about you, I feel the Lord in this place, amen? Well, hey, we're going we're to worship a little bit more along through the service. We have a very, very, very special treat for you tonight. A friend of mine who's planting a church in Frisco, Texas. Yeah. They moved here. They're they're Australian and New Zealand citizens moved here from Australia to plant a church in Frisco, Texas And I don't know if if you've been through Frisco, like you know, it's booming, right? You know, it's just one of the fastest growing cities in America It's the number one place in in America to raise an athlete The name of their church is Game Changer Church, all right? They start this coming uh, September, they launch this September, and he is bringing the word tonight. It's Pastor Kerry and his wife, Rianne and their daughter, Summer, are here. So come on, let's just give a City Hope welcome to Pastor Kerry. So glad you're here. Come on up, Pastor Kerry. Come on up. Yeah. So Pastor is going to bring the word tonight here in a little bit. We'll pray. We're gonna send a blessing off with he and his family. But I'm so glad you're here, Pastor Kerry. Thank you so much. Hey, let's honor him one more time. Let's thank him for coming all the way up here to bring tonight's message. We love you, buddy. I love
1: you. Come on, let's put our hands together for Jesus in the place. Come on, you could do better than that. Give him some praise in the house. So good. So good. Well, it's a good privilege to be here. Why don't you stay standing just for a few more minutes? Just uh, stay standing. I know you might be a little bit tired from that, but hey, I think it would be great. The atmosphere, Mr. uh Tinkle Fingers, just uh, keep uh, playing away there. That would be great. Just, just hold the pads, that'd be great. But uh, hey, great honour to be in this place. I met these guys a year and a half ago, I think it was. San Diego, somewhere around that time. But uh, i got to just tell you this, that we've had the opportunity to travel extensively of recent. And you know, when you walk into certain environments, you can sense there is something supernatural, something significant. And and you know what? One one of the dipsticks that I look at, uh, you know how it works with your car. If there's something unhealthy, one of the things that you look under the, we call it the bonnet, you call it the hood, right? When you say the hood, we're talking about hood, right? But you're thinking it's something else. But there's a thing called the dipstick. One of the dipsticks when you're wanting to figure out what's happening in a church is to see what's happening amongst the young people. In the middle of that worship, I just felt incredible anointing over my right shoulder. And I looked behind me and I just saw this row, third row of teenagers just worshiping God, the presence of God. Looked out across the auditorium, young people, young adults, this church is an atmosphere. You know how to host the presence of God. It's one of the best ways to say it. Doesn't surprise me that you'll correct me if I'm wrong, but the word for this year is revival that there is something fresh in this place. So often when we talk revival, we we can kind of think back to what kind of the the past moves of God were. But I gotta tell you this, that you know what, we're living in a fresh season. I thank God for what He did in the past, but I'm more excited about our future and ushering in something fresh, something new into a new season. I, I gotta honour you guys. These guys are our coaches. These guys are we're excited about just being down the road, literally, just so we can get to know them. But I, I got to tell you this you've got something good in their pastors here. And uh, not only can he preach, he can also sing. But standing next to someone not only good looking, but carries an anointing as well. And I, I reckon you should come on, we should put our hands together, we should honor. Honour, honour, honour. Come on, put your hands together for them. Love on them. I'd love hands to go up across this room right now. Great Holy Ghost, we welcome you. Welcome you to walk down every aisle, through every seat row. Would you touch lives? Lives never the same again. Power of God, be known in this place tonight. Since tonight, Lord God, you're gonna unlock miracles. You're gonna do something supernatural in this house. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Power tonight. Jesus. Jesus. Ha. Yeah, I, I remember as a kid, you know, statements, statements where they said, that was an anointed worship set, that that was an anointed preacher. I kind of didn't know what anoint means. To anoint simply means to rub in. I could anoint you with ketchup. I could anoint you with with donut. It would just simply mean to rub in donut. Kind of be nice, wouldn't it? Maybe not. But see, when the anointing comes, it just simply means to have God's hand, His presence rubbed into us. I don't know about you, but I need His anointing. I need to have Him rubbed into what I'm doing. That's what we need in this hour, His anointing. But what's the purpose of the anointing? In Isaiah 10, 27, it says this, it says, in that day, and it's speaking this hour of the church, it says, in that day, Burdens will be lifted from shoulders and yokes will be destroyed because of the anointing. See, when the anointing shows up, isn't it interesting you could have had one of the most stressful days and you walk into the presence of God, a worship sent like that, and things start lifting off your shoulders. Mm. Now, 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 uh, now, now I've got a bit of clarity. I was feeling depressed, but now I'm feeling full of hope. I feel like I can get through the season. There are people that walked in today, you, you've had a tough day with your boss. You had one of those clients that showed up. you got things going on in your marriage, you there are things going on in your finances, maybe in your house, but you know what? You've come into a place where there's a fresh anointing, burden removing, yoke destroying, power of God. That's what it's about, it's in the place here tonight. So I'm not here to bring teaching, Motivation. I just want to do a, a revival meeting, if that's all right. And it's even better when you're in a church that's hungry. I, I remember being on a bus, university, coming home. I'm 19 years of age, and back of the bus, this guy pulls a gun out on me. Naturally, what I did is I lifted my hands. Lifting your hands is simply the international sign of surrender. Why, why do we lift our hands in the house of God? I'm just surrendering. I'm simply saying, God, you do what you wanna do. So come on, would you, we just one more time, lift our hands across this place. the Bible actually says, I wish you men would lift your hands. Come on, men! if we can lift our hands, you'll see our wives, you'll see your kids lift their hands. You want your kids to be on fire for God, then come on, be a man that surrenders. We, we surrender at this moment. Great Holy Ghost, do what you want to do. Even right now, some of you are starting to tangibly feel the presence of God. There it is. When He shows up, He can manifest Himself. Sometimes it's that there's heat that comes and that's called the fire of God. So sometimes I see eyes fluttering. Sometimes hands start shaking bodies. Sometimes the, the weight of His glory comes and it's, it's hard to stay standing. God, God likes to manifest Himself different ways with different people. Some people cry, some people laugh. It's, it's just one of, I don't know. And you, you can be in the same meeting where one person's laughing, another person's crying. It's all the anointing of God. So Father, we, we're surrendered for You to do what You only you can do in this place. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, let's put our hands together for Jesus in the place. Woo! You can grab a seat and uh, snap a high five for the person next to you. Tell them they're looking good, looking amazing. Come on, Can, can you do this right now? Can you just look in the eyes of the person next to you, right? Just choose someone on the left or right of you. Look in their eyes, don't look away. Look in their eyes and say these words after me, will, come on, I can't hear you. Say these, look in their eyes. Come on, look in each other's eyes, right? And say these words, will you marry me? Did we get a yes, anyone? Yeah, she said yes. Okay, well, let your pastor deal with that one. Well, if you, you haven't figured it out, my, I'm not from around here, my accent. I'm a true southerner, right? from the other side of the planet, the Southern Hemisphere, and uh, it is an incredible privilege. But uh, here's the thing is this, is that uh, 24 years ago, uh, me and my beautiful wife, uh, we did a missions trip to Dallas. Now, I don't know if you're allowed to do missions trips at Dallas, but we did. And we showed up there, but uh, we tell people that uh, a like became a love, a love became a burden, and a burden became a call. And, uh, you know, through many years, we, we had an amazing church, a couple of locations in Australia. Uh, but with everything that was going on down there, the good, bad, and indifferent, we just had a heartbeat for uh, the Dallas Metro. For whatever reason, uh, we just knew that we needed to be there. God made it very clearly that it was meant to be Frisco for us. And uh, there were a lot of things that we had to wrestle with to make it happen. But in the middle of a pandemic, God unlocked our visas. When you couldn't get out of Australia, uh, we could reroute ourselves to New Zealand because of our citizenship. Uh, we got our visas. We moved here in November. Uh, that simply tells me this, that if man says no, but God says yes, no devil or demon in hell can keep you back. And I want to say this, that whatever's going on in your world Right, If man says no, but God says yes, he will make a way. Don't give up, don't back off. Come on, wrestle until you see the call of God come into your life. We're gonna be looking at a story here uh, in Genesis chapter 32. Now, I'm just gonna preach a bit, but then I just wanna make room for God to do what He wants to do. So if you've got your Bibles, I want you to turn here to Genesis, Genesis chapter 32 and verses 22. That night Jacob got up and he took his two wives, his two maidservants and his 11 sons and he crossed the fort of Jabbok. After he sent them across the stream, he sent them over with all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so, uh, so that his hip was wrenched Uh, while he was wrestling with the man. And the man said to him, let me go for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name is no longer Jacob, but Israel because you've struggled with God and with men and overcome and powered him. Uh, Tell me your name. Uh, Let's go down to verses 31. The sun rose above him and as he passed Penel, He's he was limping because of his hip. I I want you to picture this. So so he's on his return back to his home. He's fearing his his, his twin brother Esau. Uh and he just decides, hey, we've got to cross this river and we're gonna be stepping into his territory. Uh, so, so he sends his wives, his maidservants, his sons, and all the possessions to the other side. They go across there. I'm sticking about over here. And I can just imagine them crossing the river, uh, looking back, seeing dad, and dad walking back. Now, he was walking like he'd always walked. Uh, I mean, he, he, he walked like he normally walked. But the following morning, see, see, what happened was that night, it says that he wrestled with a man. Now, uh, a number of scholars, they will say it was made of maybe Jesus incarnated an angel, whatever it was, it was a supernatural being that he wrestled with that night. And then Jacob says, I'm not gonna let you go unless you bless me. And in the middle of that wrestling match that took place, uh, his hip was uh, touched. And as a result, his uh, hip joint was taken out. And afterwards, what happened was he had a, a bit of a, a limp about himself. I just want you to see this because what happened was when the family saw him walk away, he walked away like everyone else. But when he came back the following morning, he came back with another walk. And I gotta tell you this, that you know what? You've walked in today and maybe your family, maybe your work colleagues today saw you walk out like you always walk, walk like the rest of the world walk. But after tonight, I'm believing God that you go back with a limp. You go back with something fresh and you walk and you talk that's on your life. Come on, you're hearing what I'm saying in this place that there, there is a, 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 t- a touch that God wants to bring to our lives. And I believe this, that in that moment there, there is, I, a man, Jacob, desperate for something fresh on his life. It, there was a wrestle that was inside. I want more. I need more of you. And I believe that we're living in an hour where God is looking for individuals that will wrestle, that will wrestle with him for the best that he's got for our lives. And now in the kingdom, I've discovered there are so many uh, things that we have to wrestle with. How, how many know that? Like, uh well, one of the things we have to wrestle with is called temptation and sin. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, the Bible says in John ten ten that the thief comes only, the thief being the devil, comes only to kill, steal, and destroy, right? I, I mean, he, there's a target on your life. He hates you. He hates you with a passion, no matter what age you are, no matter where you've come from, no matter the color of your skin, whether you've got lots of hair or no hair, the devil is out to get you and destroy your testimony. And, and I've discovered this, that if I want my life to be uh, awesome, everything that God has called me to become, I'm gonna have to wrestle with this thing called temptation and sin in my life. I remember, uh, you, you'll love this, pastors, uh, I remember one time on an altar call, this guy comes up on the altar and, and uh, I mean, there are a number of people on the altar. I'm praying for people there and he comes up a little sheepishly and he's like, uh, can you pray for me? I said, the altar's about, sure, you can. Uh, what do you want prayer for? And he goes, uh, uh, I um, have this temptation issue. And uh, yeah, okay, cool. Um, what, what's it? He goes, um, I, I've got problems with lust. And uh, 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 maybe if you could pray that God would take away those lustful feelings. I, I said, All right, so what you want me to do is pray a prayer that's going to take away. The the, the spirit of lust that's on your life. He goes, that's the prayer I want. It's easy. So you just one prayer and uh, all your lust problems are gone. That's the prayer I want. I said, all right, that's great. I said, just stand there, lift your hands to heaven. I said, all right. I said, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, as I take my hands and lay it upon his head, I pray, and as my hand's moving towards his head, I I said, I pray that you would kill him as soon as my hand touches his head. I mean, just before I get to his head, he said, backed up, he said, that's not the prayer I want. I said, dude, you've gotta understand that as long as you live on planet Earth, you're gonna have to wrestle with temptation. You're gonna have to deal with this for the rest of your days. I said, I can pray that God will give you the strength to say no and stand strong when the lust comes in your direction, when any temptation comes in your direction. But there is no magical prayer, no formula in the world that's gonna pray, gonna take away temptation. You gotta understand in this place that is, if you wanna become someone great, if you wanna have a different walk on your life, you're gonna need to learn to wrestle with temptation and sin, all right? Come on, I'm preaching better than you're responding right now. Uh I've also discovered that you've got to wrestle with discouragement. But because we're called to be people of faith, right? So so that simply means that I'm believing God for a better day. My prayer is up here. My, my, My asking of God is up here. I'm believing God for the best of my life. It's up here. But I don't know about you, but sometimes delivery is here. Did anyone ever experience that? Maybe it's just in my life. Maybe not in this particular city here uh, with the world's smallest skyscraper. You guys have got it all here. I looked it up on Google. The the, the 12 best things to do in Wichita Falls. I've got a photograph I turned up there. I'm putting it on Instagram tonight. Boom. Bucket list ticked. We, We love going to waterfalls. We were just like, any major city we go to, we've got to hunt out the waterfalls. Toronto, we're going to do the Niagara Falls. If you're going to go to Wichita Falls, where are you going to go? Got to go to the falls. Wow. (laughs) Woo. And I'm digressing. I don't know where I'm going right now. And that, I don't know how that mixed up here with disappointment, but anyway. You hear what I'm saying? Faith is up here, but delivery is here. You ever experienced that? And that, that's, that's the gap of disappointment that you've got to manage in your life. That, that's something we've got to deal with sometimes. And so, so often people, they, 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 well, God didn't answer here, so therefore why should I stick at this thing? But I learned this, that God's delays doesn't mean God's denials. I'll say it again, God's delays aren't God's denials. Just because He didn't do it today doesn't mean He won't do it tomorrow, next month or next year. Come on, 24 years believing God for the United States of America and in the middle of a pandemic, boom, God opens up the door. Hearing what I'm saying? We gotta wrestle with offense. Anyone ever been offended here? I mean, if you deal with people I mean, 25 years of full-time ministry, uh, I, I, I have this statement. The good news is you get to work with people. The bad news is you get to work with people. You get to see the best and the worst in people. Now, I know this never happens in this church, right? But in other churches that I've been to, right, I mean, the gossip, the backstabbing, the offense that takes place, I had a pastor, we, we, we had people leave our church one day because my wife didn't say hello to someone. We, we had people leave our church one day because our children's pastor uh, with her, I don't know, 10 kids under five uh, at that time, it wasn't that many, but she had lots of kids and they didn't have any TV and, and anyway, um, but just joking, right, Okay. Come on, just help me out here. I mean, what, what, I mean, she's just going through, trying to stop their kids taking things. As you walk past someone, didn't even talk to them. They decided to leave the church, got offended over it. I mean, it's amazing how people get offended over the simplest of things. Can I just say this, that you know what? We're living in an hour. The Bible even said in the last hours that you know what, brother is gonna be against brother. Uh, come on, just be unoffendable. Just let things be like water off a duck's back. Maybe they're going through something right now. Maybe the way they reacted is because maybe there's something going on in their health at this time. Maybe their things are falling apart in their world. Come on, just learn to be the bigger person in that situation. Come on, I'm preaching to someone in this place. See, see, see I've learned this is that, you know what? Uh, we wrestle with these things, but at the end of the day, survival, number one, if you wanna survive in this thing called Christianity, number one, just keep showing up. I call it the power of just showing up. Whether I come into the church running or come into the church limping, coming in pain, I'm showing up. Whether I'm feeling hurt, whether I'm feeling good, I'm gonna keep showing up. And you know what, number two is I make a decision. I'm not gonna give up. You hearing what I'm saying? I mean, I uh, I, I think about a, a, a friend of mine uh, man, he was a preacher and extraordinary. I mean, he was a youth pastor, called on every conference. He was being flown this way, flown that way. Uh, then he took over his dad's church. Oh my goodness, I mean, just the, the presence of God, the move that was taking place there. Where's he today? Shut the church down, no longer in church today. Uh, can I just say this, that the biggest slap in the face you could give the devil is someone that just gets up on their feet again. The Bible says, "Though a righteous man falls seven times. He will rise. And there are gonna be moments you get knocked down, whether it's in sin, whether it's a, through offense or whatever, but come on, get back up on your feet again. Put a smile on your face and know that you are g- gonna be a part of the winning team. Come on, I read the end of the book here. And it says we win. Keep showing up. But really what I'm here to preach about is one particular area. We need to learn to be wrestle with what I call the supernatural. You're looking at someone that when I got filled with the Holy Ghost at 19 and I was hungry, I was right, I was a church kid raised in traditionalism Uh, and, and you know what, it was probably never a Sunday, I wasn't in church, but when I was 19 years of age, I had a Holy Ghost encounter in my bedroom. My life was never the same again. I don't have time to go into that story, but I came out of that moment dreaming and believing God for the supernatural in my life. I mean, I'd see videos of preachers pulling people out of wheelchairs, blind eyes opening, deaf ears opening up. I mean, miracles, people being raised from the dead. And I was like, man, I wanna do miracles. I wanna see the miraculous take place in my life. I mean, one of the first chances, 20 years of age, I was on a missions trip in the Philippines and I took a team of maybe 20, 15 and 16 year olds on this mission trip. We were in a particular place and a person came in with a limp uh, not because they had wrestled an angel, but because uh, they were born with one leg shorter than the other. And so I remember, uh, you know, sitting them down and I pulled a 16-year-old over and we laid hands on the sick. And uh, I said to him, I said, I want you to pray that that leg lengthens. A, a 16-year-old lays hands and just says, in the name of Jesus, uh, leg grow. And, and straight away in front of our eyes, we started seeing this, this leg growing. I'm freaking out. Like, like I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm excited that, that a miracle's taking place right in front of my eyes. But, but I'm freaking out more so is, will this leg stop? Like, I'm just imagining it's gonna grow longer than the other one. Then we're gonna have to pray for the other one. And then he's gonna be a daddy long leg spider walking around the place. It's like, luckily it stopped at the right moment. So I saw those things that I just thought, but I want a big miracle. Something I'm gonna go for the big stuff. So, so blind eyes, it's, uh, I'm doing a, a youth rally in a small town, unknown place, and uh, do this altar call and this guy comes up completely blind. Uh, I mean, I, I'm punching him, he's just standing there, just like, uh, not like physically, but just like pretending to it. He, he's, he's blind, man, he's just, uh, well, now I'm a miracle, man, I'm, I see signs of one. Jesus said, he'll, I'll do greater things than him. I'm going to give this a go. Blind eyes open and the name of Jesus. I mean, I'm shouting. I said to him, I said, look, I feel like I've got to spit my hand and wipe it in your eyes. I He looks up at me and, and uh, he can't see me because he's blind, obviously. But he said, well, if God says to do it, then, then do it. And I said, oh. I'm thinking to myself, well, whether it's God or not. Could have been the pizza last night, but I'm doing this. And well, well, you know, spat in my hand, rubbed it in his eyes. and the name of Jesus, open those eyes now. And he's like, can you see? He goes, nah. Ran over here and prayed for other people and left it out. I mean, I walked out of that place like quite discouraged, like, but you're looking at someone that's like, I'm going to wrestle with this, I keep believing God for this, because I know God can do supernatural things, and <sighs> I want to raise the dead, come on, man, we can raise the dead, so, so I planted my church in a place called the Gold Coast, just south of Brisbane, and in Australia, and I planted the church about a year into it. I get a phone call, got a life of the party, uh, 30 years of age, never met the guy, but they needed someone to do the funeral for it. So I show up, and you know, this is one of these, I mean, no believers in this place. we were talking like they're all non-Christians, and so they're outside this funeral chapel, all dressed in black. They've all got dark sunglasses on as, you know, everyone feeling morbid and the body was in an open casket in the back room. They're gonna wheel it out, close the, the coffin lid down and I'm in the back room by myself. I said, here's my chance. Looked out, no one's around. Had a look around the place. I'm feeling, feeling the anointing. It's in the name of Jesus, command you to get up. And I bang, I slapped him on his chest. As soon as I hit him, His mouth popped open like this, and I was like, I mean, goosebumps up on my arms. This is working. I'm waiting for something to happen. When I whacked him, I knocked the air out of his lungs. The glue that was holding his lips together popped open. I'm looking out, making no one's looking at him. I'm there trying to get the face smiling right. It's like, you're too happy for a funeral, too sad for a funeral. I had to get the Mona Lisa going down there. That's, a, that's perfect. Wait, where's Mr. Tingle Fingers? Come up here. I'm not giving up, I'm wrestling. I'm 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 wrestling. I'm wrestling, Mr. Tinklefingers. I don't know where you are, but come and help. We need some anointing back in the room here. But you're looking at someone. See, see, people would say, well, "What if I pray for them and they don't get healed? What if they do?" I want to see someone get out of a wheelchair. Who wants to have some few more stories? How you going, buddy? Feeling good? You want a drink of water? <laughs> I don't have COVID, so it's... <laughs> I'm doing a missions trip. The island's called Waiheke Island. I- I'm driving in my car and... Uh, As I'm driving down the road, I see a girl, early 20s. There there she is in a wheelchair, pushing herself down the road. Oh, here's my chance. Pull the car over. The street's packed. The the island is a bit of a ghost town during the year, but summertime, thousands. Street packed out with people. Main Main street, I, I pull the car over and I, I said, excuse me. I said, I've come here to pray for you, for you to get out of your wheelchair. Before she could answer, I closed my eyes and said, in the name of Jesus, I command you to get out of your wheelchair and walk. And I reached out my hand to lay hands upon her head or her shoulder. And I'm like, where's she gone? And I open up my eyes, she's down the road and she's just trying to get away from this weird guy. I mean, these people are staring at me. This stuff works. A few Months after that, I was driving home, was living with my parents prior to me being married. And I'm like, see, 11 meters, 100 meters. It's a, a few feet, a few more feet, 300 feet, let's say that. And from my house and I see this guy going up in a wheelchair I knew this guy because I saw him all the time. We didn't hang out, he was probably two years older than me. There he's going in the wheelchair. And I was like, God, I'll go and pray for him if you want me to pray for him. You know how you have these conversations with God? God, I'll, I'll pray for them if you want me to pray for them, but if you don't want me to, then that's fine. But if, I, if you want me to pray for them, I'll pray for them. And I'm having this kind of argument with myself. I, I, I remember turning into the driveway, going up, parking the car, and, I turned the car off and I felt like the Lord said to me, turn the stereo player. This is in the days where they had tapes, right? Now, hands up, you know what I'm talking about, the little cassette tapes. Look at the old fogies, the young people, right? This. I, I turned on it and it was a preacher on That He said, are you ashamed of the gospel? You're ashamed to go up to that cripple and tell him to get out of his wheelchair. If you are, you'll never get the miracle that you want. So, okay. So I I drive down the road and I can't find him. As I'm driving up the road, whose house is he? He's in Chucky's house. Now, Chucky was a guy two years younger than me. Chucky was a guy you never mess with at school. He's always had 15 guys around him, and for fun, he would beat you up. He'd just come out of jail for his first stint of drugs, three months behind bars, and this is just a place you didn't mess with. There's 15 guys that are drinking beer. You could tell that they were drunk, they were playing pull. And there he was, the wheelchair was there. I pulled the car up and said, God of all places, I'm ready to wrestle. Get out of the car and walking up the drive. And Chuck, looks at looks and he goes, hey, bro, what are you here for? I said, I come to give him a message. And the guy in the wheelchair looked at me and said, who's the message from? He said, for Jesus Christ for you to get out of your wheelchair and walk. He said, I'll oh, go and get him. And he gave me this language you probably don't understand and these signs. And I mean, 15 guys surrounded me at that point. Big boys. I got to witness to these guys, and at the end of that, when I mean, God opened up their heart, I looked at them and said, "Hey, can I?" And he said, "I don't want to have anything to do with that stuff." I said, "All right." Got in the car and I drove away. I said, "I don't get this, God. You were very clear to me." See, see I, I learned this, that God's delays aren't God's denials. And just because He didn't do it today, it doesn't mean He won't do it tomorrow. A few years later in my church, there I am, I turn up. I'm, 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 I drove from one location to the other. I just preached over here, came here, showed up in the place. And I'm in the middle of my message, and I see a guy down the back, and I said, sir, would you come? And I started prophesying over him. Tears started rolling down his face. I said, do you know Jesus? He's like, oh, I don't know can I lead you in a prayer? And he goes, I, I, I wanna become a Christian. I said, well, if there's anyone else, would you come? Out of my peripheral vision, I see a girl in a wheelchair come around. Discover later on, 22 years of age. I lead the two to Christ. It was a beautiful moment. Laid hands on him, sealed it, got down. She's all hunched up in the sink. I, I mean, if, you know, she, she's like this, if she was fully stood. I mean, she's 22 years of age, never walked in her life. I mean, there's no muscle, just bone and skin. So so I'm under there looking. I said, how are you feeling? And she says this, I want to walk. Let's do this thing. I'm not giving up. I'm wrestling with this thing. So I grabbed one of my guys on my team. He took her on the right shoulder, had her on the left, and we lifted her up, and her leg's just dangling. Remember, no no muscle there at all. I I said to my wife, Rihanna, I said, said, grab hold of her her feet, and we'll just step them out. And so there she was, stepping these feet out. It's it's heavy, right? I mean, just legs dangling there. And I I said, come on, just do something you couldn't do before. Swing them, do what you've got to do. But I mean, they're just dragging along. Here's the cool thing. From this side to that side, when we got to the middle, I noticed that she was starting to get lighter. And she was getting lighter and lighter. And then I realised by the time we got to the end, every step, God was adding muscle to those legs. By the time we got to the other end, she was standing on her feet for the first time in 22 years. We let her go and she nearly fell over. And I realised See, see it took me a bit of time as a little baby to learn how to walk. Uh, you're hearing what I'm saying, See, "Come on church, God's given her the miracle of muscle, but now we need to give her the miracle of balance. We laid hands upon her. She got her balance. She was able to walk up six flights of stairs. God completely healed that girl. Come on, someone get excited in the place here.) Since then, I've seen people get out of wheelchairs, blind eyes open, I've seen people dumb talk. I'm telling you this, I'm a person that wants to wrestle with the supernatural. And I walk into this environment, I feel an atmosphere, it's wrestling. God, we want more. God, I want a fresh touch in this place. I want You in my life. Just turn it up a little bit, buddy. Great Holy Ghost, come on, can we stand across this room? Would you lift your hands across this place? I wanna encourage you just to, if you've got things in your hand, put them down, put phones down, put notebooks down.